Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Just as an experiment, stop planning, stop multitasking, stop scrolling through your Facebook feed, stop thinking, and just breathe deeply just for a moment. There we go. Jason Gregory is my guest today, and he's here to share how we can overcome mental overload by periodically fasting the mind, just as we might fast to detoxify the body. Are you ready to meet him? Jason Gregory is an author, philosopher, and teacher, specializing in Eastern and Western philosophy, comparative religion, psychology, cognitive science, metaphysics, and ancient cultures. He's the author of Effortless Living, Fasting the Mind, Enlightenment Now, and The Science and Practice of Humility. Jason travels worldwide lecturing about the East, its science of mind, and the methods and practices that define the East, and how its philosophy is a cure, not only for the individual's mind, but also for the cultural, social, and religious problems in the world. You can find out lots more about Jason and his work at jasongregory.org. Jason, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you for having me on, Karen. It's a pleasure. Thank you. I feel like we... Um, feed ourselves or allow ourselves to kind of be in a food fight with all kinds of toxic input, the media, the music, the shows that we watch, the games that we, everything that we do. And I often connect with people intuitively and find them sort of stunned by this barrage of negative toxic stuff. Do you find that in your work? Is that part of the inspiration for, the work you're doing on fasting the mind? It definitely is. You know, like you said, we only have to look around. Most people these days are plugged in somehow to information overload um, and they're constantly feeding themselves through their eyes and their ears, which is a type of food we need to remember. Like, so just as we fast the body where we, we stop, you know, we stop feeding ourselves food for a certain amount of time, to, de- to detoxify the body, we, we have to go through these processes of, you know, stopping this this um, informational overload and just sensory overload through the eyes and ears for a certain amount of time to fast the mind. And a lot of people may think that's strange, but, you know, if we look at, like what you said, that there's a certain that there's a certain state of mind now in the world where people are constantly agitated, where you see people constantly got their earphones on or they're constantly scrolling Facebook or, or, or Twitter or, or whatever social media network they're on. And they're just they're, they're almost addicted to consuming energy and, eat and feeding on it and, and cannot just sit there with their mind you know, as it is without, without having to put any sensory input in there. So, you know, a lot of people will run from boredom at any, any moment they get. So, you know, we definitely, I, I definitely do see it. And, and that has been an inspiration for my work, you know, especially um, living over in the East for a long time. You do see the benefits of people who actually do disconnect from society for long lengths of time. You know, some people disconnect from society you know, almost for good, you know, in some cases, when, especially when you go to monasteries and that. 
So, but you do see this kind of deeper sense of presence within these people, this deeper sense of calm and almost sanity within these people, as opposed to people who live in society and are constantly bombarded by sensory input. Do you think it's possible to to be in society and still have that sanity and that sense of presence? I do believe so. But I think that you've got to, you know, consciously decide, you know, what's important. Is it important to be healthy and sane or is it important just to, to, to feed yourself information and, and overstimulate your mind 24 hours a day? So there has to be kind of a, an awareness that what I'm doing, scrolling the Facebook feed or checking my email every four minutes is actually just agitating my mind and and putting me in almost a state of insanity where, you know, I'm, I'm like a fidgety kid, which is, you know, can't stop playing with my toys, you know. So we have to make that conscious choice that, okay, I'm going to refrain from using social media for as much as I can, you know, or just take complete week, weeks off, off of having social media or, or – just scheduling a time each day to check your emails because, you know, like I mentioned in the book, you know, not like, for example, Christopher Nolan, you know, really famous Hollywood director, he doesn't even have a mobile phone or an email account. And so if someone at, at, at his level of fame doesn't need that, you know, then surely we don't need to be checking our email every five minutes because, you know, I'm pretty sure most of your listeners, Karen, are not, not at that level of fame that he is. So, you know, we really have to make a decision to that this is a priority in our life. Our, our priority now is the equanimity of our mind. And when we have an equanimous mind, then we can approach the world um, with with a with a very stable um, set uh, a very stable mind um, instead of having an agitated mind. That you know, when we approach the world, when we have an agitated mind, we're often anxious, stressful. Um, agitated and if we get poked in a certain way we react a certain way so you know it has to be a priority that okay i want a sane equanimous mind and i want to be able to you know reach my full potential and to reach your full potential you can't do it if you're constantly bombarding your mind now i'm not saying that we we, we don't have to stop learning you know learning is great but you don't have to go through sort of an informational overload where in the end when you do overload yourself with information, you actually don't absorb a lot of what you're taking in, you know, at the same time. So, you know. Well, and a lot of what yes. you are feeding yourself is your own. It's that cycle that goes around and around my anxiety. Then I've fed myself more anxiety, which creates more anxiety. And I've fed myself more anxiety. And it just goes on and on and on. And like many things, I think that we are addicted to when we look at making a, a change that would really be a uh, would really change things up like this practice of fasting the mind. We're afraid, I think, because we don't know what will it be like without checking my email every 13 seconds or always having the television on or always having my earbuds in. And I think we, we fear that there's a quality of addiction here, at least as I see it. There definitely is a quality of addiction and people are addicted to just a sense of stimulating their mind. They're, we, we went from television to, you know, the internet, and now we've gone into social media and uh, all sorts of devices. We got devices in our pocket, 
we got earplugs plugged in. So there's there's definitely an element of um, addiction to uh, mental input. Um, we've got to that stage where there's and people have neglected what it's like to just go for a nice um, stroll in the park and allow to your, your ears to hear nature naturally, hear the birds tweeting, you know, forget about the tweeting and Twitter, you know, <laughs> and say, <laughs> here, the natural world do its thing. You know, even even when I walk around in the city, I, I you know, you see people everywhere plugged in with their earbuds in. And I think it's it's even great just to, to listen to just the hum of the city, you know, instead of listening to, what, you know, whatever the latest uh, music is or, or whatnot, you know, and constantly agitating your mind. So you are right. There's a, there's a definite there's definitely a subtle level of addiction there that people are not willing to address. And you know, when they do address that, then there is a different state of mind that's beneath that. And and the irony is, Karen, is that this this super hyper agitated state of mind that we've that that we that society has at the moment is only a relatively new phenomenon. You know, it's only since probably the advent of the internet, you know, somewhat, you know, some 20 years ago that we've started to, to move in this, in this direction. So, you know, a lot of people think, especially the, with the millenniums, they probably look at you and I as dinosaurs if we talk like this, because they think, you know, of course, you know, we, we sit on the bus and we plug our ear, earbuds in and, or we scroll on our iPad or, or whatever, you know, when we have spare time, instead of just sitting there, in a stable posture, you know, watching my breath or feeling the sensations with my within my body, they just think that you and I are just crazy. I think, but you know, if <laughs> if you come back into that that state, then there is a whole different world that opens up. That's you know beyond the beyond what you can get through feeding your mind through these digital devices. So, how do we begin that practice of fasting? the mind how can we can can we ease into it yeah we can ease into it you know there's there's definite ways um i speak in the book as, as you know there's a i have a few um different methods you know for the busy person i've kind of got a disciplined approach in in fasting the mind in, in the book and that and that and that um I wouldn't say that that's kind of easy, easy way into it, but it talks about kind of like creating masterpiece days. So instead of um, saying, okay, I'm going to just drop society for a while and go to a monastery for a month, what you do is you try to get your life in order. So when I say masterpiece days, we're looking at the fundamentals of life. So we're looking at, I call the four fundamentals, which is um, sleep, meditation, um, healthy diet, and exercise. And I know that that seems basic, but if you create days based around sort of these four fundamentals, then you see that um, you, you kind of structure your day where if you do um, uh, use social media, it it's, has an allotted space of time. You know, you're not sort of letting your mind um, waver here and there on the phone and so forth and so on. So what this discipline approach does is it makes a priority of – like, for example – you know, we don't prioritize sleep anymore. You know, a lot of people, we neglect sleep. We'll stay up to one in the morning, wake up at five in the morning and think that four hours sleep is enough for us to, to survive when, you know, to have a proper functioning mind, we need seven to eight hours sleep a night, at, at least sometimes for some people. So um, with the discipline approach I have in that, you know, if, for sleep, for example, 
I, I talk about um, applying something called digital sunsets. So this is around the time of 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. at night. You you do – Cal Newport wrote a book called Deep Work, and he, he uses this mantra like shut down complete. Now, what that means is when you say shut down complete, that means that there's not going to be no more digital devices for the rest of the night. So from 5 or 6 p.m., so until you go to bed, you you know you just do, you do what you do without looking at screens or, or or anything like that. You you know get in a conversation with your spouse or or have some fun with your kids or or just sit there or just sit there and be present. You know get away from get away from the screens and, and all the digital devices and all of the sensory input at that time of day. And what this does is this 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 enhances your sleep. And there's, there's scientific evidence to this because when you know, often people, you know, a lot of people suffer from insomnia now because they they're clutching at their phone and bed, getting off that last tweet, and then they sit there for hours and they can't sleep. And that's because the blue light in the in the digital device um, is stimulating your pineal gland, which uh, um, in turn uh, secretes melatonin, which thinks that you're ready to wake up and go go to work when you know you've just been staring at that blue light at night, which is a mistake. So that's one method. So if you, if you combine that sort of approach with um, having daily exercise, and I only, I only mean like 20 minutes exercise a day, you don't have to go crazy, and eating nutrition, nutritional food, and also incorporating, which is important, um, meditation every day. And I, and I mean sitting uh, stillness meditation at least 20 minutes which which allows for your nervous system to kind of um, relax and come. You're kind of accessing what I, what what is called the parasympathetic nervous system, which we hardly access when we are awake. So this is a disciplined approach. Um, so I don't know if that's kind of easing your way into it, but what it's doing is it's kind of giving you sort of a framework that okay, at nighttime I don't do this, I and and through the day. I, I make sure that I meditate in the morning before I do anything, before I even exercise, or before I go to work, or before I have breakfast. So you make a priority of certain things, which actually helps your mind to become much more equanimous and begins to settle. And I know that you're kind of doing something, but you're still you're fasting the mind in the sense that you're not feeding it what you're used to. <laughs> you know, so in, instead of waking up and first people like I ask in a lot of my seminars and that. What's the, what's the first thing you guys do when you wake up? And obviously, they check their Facebook or they check their email. And this sets the day off in the in the wrong motion. So, you know. Um, well, Karen, I, I'd say I'd say I'd recommend to all the listeners. Um, what's the one of the um, biggest things you could do is kind of go away, go away from society for a certain amount of time each year if you can you know most people get holidays each year but when you go on a holiday instead of going away and drinking booze and and just having a party and this and that go somewhere um completely different um and in nature where you can just be completely shut off from the world and don't don't connect and allow your mind to and your nervous system just to come back into um into equanimity so Mm -hmm. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. I'm talking with Jason Gregory. He's the author of Fasting the Mind, Spiritual Exercises for Psychic Detox. That idea about retreat, Jason, is a very, is a very powerful one. 
there are there's scientific evidence that shows that when we fast the mind, there are changes in the nervous system that stepping out of society or shutting down for a while helps us physically and energetically, right? Exactly, yeah. And this, yeah, the science to, to prove this is, well, you know, we need to think about that this, um, in the autonomic nervous system, there's two, um, two nervous, two branches of the autonomic nervous system, which is the, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. Now, the sympathetic nervous system is what we activate when we are engaged and doing and taking in input. So basically when you're watching TV or you're scrolling Facebook and you're doing anything, you know, we could be doing anything in society, you're accessing the sympathetic nervous system. So you kind of, you've kind of got the on switch on all the time. And a lot of people also say that this, this is why a lot of people are, you know, suffer from super anxiety and that because what this does is when you're always accessing the sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight response is kind of stuck on the on switch which is a really you know, obviously a terrible thing to be um to to happen for people because then you're always ready to go and agitated and and anxious and stuff like this but we have this other branch of the nervous system which is the parasympathetic nervous system which is um act which is activated when we when we deeply relax and this is kind of referred to as the the rest and digest system so this is just um allowing things in your life to just be as they will and allowing your body and allowing your mind to be as they will without you trying to fill your mind and also your body up with um, full of toxic um, input so um, the problem is in our world is that we don't access like i mentioned before we don't access much of the parasympathetic nervous system in our waking hours and it's very important to access it in our waking hours um so what this does is when you start to access that in your waking hours is it it begins to override the sympathetic and begins to bring your 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 mind um and your nervous system you begin to heal that actually you begin to heal your cognitive impairment which we usually get from being um super super active all the time so when we retreat from society for a certain amount of time and we are away from all input then we begin to access the parasympathetic nervous system at a very deep level um, and not um, activate a lot of the sympathetic nervous system which you know does heal you at a very deep nervous system level and you know a lot of people um, need to realize that because if we're just stuck on the on switch and the sympathetic nervous system is go, 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 this leads to all sorts of psychological problems and mental health issues and anxiety and panic attacks and depression and, in a sense, suicide. Like if we look at one of the most highly educated countries in the world, which is South Korea, they bombard their students, for example, with um, over-information, over working – the workload is way too much where you have children going from school from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. at night. Mm-hmm. So you have this super bombardment of information without allowing the parasympathetic nervous system to be accessed. And what do you have in South Korea? One of the highest rates of teen suicides in the world. So, you know, we it's, it's unnatural to just access the sympathetic nervous system all the time and be active all the time. We actually have to detach ourselves from society and embrace non-doing for extensive periods of time. And yeah, it's, it's very imperative, Karen, to do that. I would imagine that, I know I've been on retreat and been on silent retreat, and when you 
come back from retreat, everything is different. Um, the, I don't know if this will make sense, but the room, your room looks different. Um, your partner <laughs> seems different to you. That everything's different. The quality of the light is different. Does that? Do you know what I'm getting at? And so, if yeah. if we take that and can use that maybe to make that bigger point that fasting the mind could change how we see the world and how we are in the world. What do you think about that? Oh, I think it's great. I think it's true too. You know, it's like what you said when you come back from a treat and come back into the world, things are much more vibrant. Things do um, appear different to you. You know, <laughs> you do see your partner differently. You, you might see your children differently and all of these things. You know, these are um, – I do speak about it in the book. I speak about, you know, being in the world and not of it. And Zhuangzi, one of the great Taoist sages, actually um, speaks about that. Like Lao Tzu, one of the other great sages, he would say, you know, go retreat from society forever, you know. And drunks would say, "Yeah, that's that's still good, but you could you can still be a social hermit, so to speak, you know. So you could be in society, but not of it. But because you've accessed that deep, deeper part of yourself, you do come, you do, you can live in the in the world and also not be inwardly touched by it because you've found that place within yourself, and because you've found that deep place, that deep contentment, that deep um, silence, that deep equanimity, you can you can." You can approach the world with no problem of the discernment of this is that and and that is that, you know, black is white, uh, no, black is black, white is white, and that's all there is. You approach it in a different way where you have kind of an impartial perspective of the world because you've, your mind has been cleansed of, um, you could say, this, 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 this strict discrimination between this and that. And that's one of the points of um, retreat and I speak about that a lot in the book because, you know, we often use our intellect um, to carve up the world and to separate things as, as that and this. And we try to make, we try to um, give meaning to ourselves or what the world means to us. And what a lot of the Eastern philosophies say is that, you know, you go into retreat and this and that to cleanse your intellect of this, this habit of cutting the world up to suit yourself. You know, you just let the world be as it will. And you can see that the world is, when at a very deep, subtle level, the world is, there is no partiality. It's very impartial, the world. We've just cut the world up into good and bad, right and wrong, male and female, black and white. And we think that that's the way the world is. But then when you bring the mind back to it, to the ground of its, of its being, that's, that's actually not the way it is, you know. So, um, Zhuang's actually said, he calls this a, a human flaw. It's in Chinese, it's called Qing. Um, and um, the ability of humans to discern between this and that, he believes is a human flaw because it leads to all sorts of ignorance and, and, and delusion. So, you know, once we cleanse that, we can be in the world and, you know, literally be not of it. But because, but then the world is so much more, Karen. The world is so much more from that perspective because you see that fundamental unity of life. And once you see that fundamental unity of life, then you know the truth as opposed to a life full of separation. Now, Jason, for listeners, we're just at the end of our time, but for listeners who want to find out more about your work, and I know you've got uh, retreats coming up as well, how can mm -hmm. they connect with you? Yeah, to find out all about my retreats, all about my books, all, all my work, just uh, go to my website at jasongregory.org or you can reach me at, ironically, at all of... Uh, most of the social media <laughs> things. <laughs> so you can find me at um, 
my Facebook is face, uh, Jason Gregory dot uh, One World Within, and um, my Twitter account is uh, my handle is Jason Gregory thirty three. So you can contact me through all of that, and it's better to go to my website and 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 see all the information there. So. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the program. It's important practices, I think, for the world that we live in today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me on, Karen. It was a pleasure. That is Jason Gregory. His book is Fasting the Mind, Spiritual Exercises for Psychic Detox. You can find out more about Jason and his work at jasongregory.com. And of course, you can always get information about what's going on with this radio show. You can schedule a private session with me if you're so inclined, find out about upcoming classes and events, all that is there for you. It's a wonderland of things to click on at karenhager.com. And if you believe, as I do, that when we put our collective intention on something, we can change it. I hope you'll join me on the first Sunday of every month for Opening the Peaceful Heart, A Call for Love. That's a free 15-minute guided meditation where we set a collective intention for peace and sit with that through guided meditation. You can get details about that free monthly call at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.